I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in everybody. Tuesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show starts right now. Got a bunch of stories to dive into with you. Um, first off, the Whole Foods flagship store in San Francisco. We were talking about San Fran yesterday. That Whole Foods store has closed, not because they can't find a way to sell people very expensive gluten-free crackers and braised beef and etc. It's closing after one year because of drug use in restrooms, violent assaults on staffs, and this was quite a detail. All of its shopping baskets, hundreds of them, stolen. So basically, constant theft, disorder, anarchy, and violence in a fancy grocery store in downtown San Francisco. We will return to this because I think it shows you every, at this point, every lib writer and author who is saying, it's not that bad in San Francisco, they're operating in bad faith. They're lying to you. They're just carrying water for the left, for the Marxist commie lunatics, the Soros-backed prosecutors that are destroying city after city. Also, we didn't mention this one yesterday. I want to get into it a little bit today. It's been a massive leak um, of Ukraine-Russia-related intelligence online. Biden administration seems to be really caught off guard by it, and it goes to a number of things. The actual reality of the war in Ukraine and U.S. Uh, involvement from the outside, as well as counterintelligence risks that we have in the era of online platforms. There's a there's now a story up that they think the leak may have come, Clay, from disc, on Discord, meaning that's where it was posted initially, um, which is not a platform I've used, but it's a live streaming platform. We'll get to it. Uh, also, we have Riley Gaines joining us today in the middle of the show. So in the bottom of the second hour of the program, she was assaulted last week by a pro-trans agenda mob at U. Oh, in San Francisco, right? Yeah. What a shock. In uh, Nancy Pelosi's same, district. Same city where, you know, the people are fleeing as fast as they can and the stores are closing in that same city uh, or same area of that city, I should say. They're having these problems. But we want to start today with, with uh, two things. An update, if you will. There's not really much information on it, but an update on the um, Nash- Nashville mass shooting and then also more information on the Louisville uh, mass shooting yesterday at the bank. Let's let's first start, uh, Clay, with uh, Nashville. Still no manifesto. A lot of stories out there about how the LGBTQ plus activists were really concerned about this coming out and the backlash against the community from this. 
So I, I don't see at this point how they won't even tell us what the declared, not that that's necessarily even what we have to accept as the motive, right? They can analyze it. Motive is always a some, I mean, it's not totally subjective, but it can be a multifaceted thing. Uh, at this point, I don't see how it's anything other than a cover-up. They don't want people to know because they won't even tell us what they think the motive is. doesn't take that long to figure this stuff out. It's 15 days. And I came on and said that I had been told that the that the manifesto was going to be released, and I was, and it still hasn't happened. And, Buck, note what's happened in Nashville. The story has shifted from psychotic trans shooter kills six innocent people at a religious elementary school to can you believe these crazy Republicans made the decision to hold uh, Democrats who took over the legislative chamber demanding gun control accountable for their uh, behavior, right? Think about how quickly that pivot has happened. Kamala Harris rolled into town this weekend to attack the state of Tennessee for anti-democratic processes. In the process, she was not willing or able to meet with any of the survivors of this shooting. And this, to me, is an example of how adroit and skilled the left wing in this country is at putting narrative over everything because the narrative of this shooter, and we're going to get to Louisville in a moment, we try to avoid, so you guys know, naming mass shooters on this show unless they are fugitives at large and we think, hey, maybe we can help you guys with this big audience help to catch like happened in the, uh, if I remember correctly, Buck, the shooting that happened in uh, Manhattan in the subway when that guy unleashed and then he was missing and we said hey this is the guy they're looking for and when the shooter is dead uh we're not going to try to make them more famous based on sharing their their names and whatnot and pictures but um this is how it happens this is how stories like these shift because it's 15 days the narrative from this trans uh manifesto we were told immediately that it existed and then it just kind of vanished the FBI came in, began their investigation. I don't know who signs off on the release now of this. I would guess the FBI has taken jurisdiction in some way over this manifesto. But do you trust the FBI to be honest and share with the American public? I don't, unfortunately, and so it needs to be released. Ever since that moment, I brought it up before on the show, when the Obama administration FBI was editing out words from a recording from the transcript of the Pulse nightclub mass shooter, who was a jihadist, who was an Islamic radical, who was murdering people in a in a um, gay nightclub. And ever since they changed the, the words, and then they went back on it, by the way, it was so obvious and so politicized and stupid an act by the FBI that they changed, right? Imagine that. The outcry was, what? because we all knew what was what was blacked out in those lines. We could figure it out from the context. So it really was, it was both authoritarian or really totalitarian and insulting, which often yeah. goes hand in hand, right? It was an effort to shape the political narrative in a way that doesn't take into account free thinking human beings are the ones who are supposed to be able to, uh, discern this one way or the other. And, and so that's, that's one component of it for me. I just think that now we see. Um, their whole game here is to delay it as long as possible because then there'll be less of a public reckoning about whatever it is that would... It's very rare, as we know, for a woman to do something like this. Correct. So why... And she was a individual who self-identified as trans. Why would a woman go in there and... I mean, she shot little kids, right? This yep. is as evil as Three it gets. Three nine-year-olds. And, and will not... They will not tell us... What happened? By the way, if she's just completely, I mean, obviously at some level it is just psychopathy and somebody that, you know, probably needed to be institutionalized, but then tell us that, right? But if there are, uh, things that are, that she points to, that she pointed to in these manifesto, uh, policies that were being adopted by different states with regard to trans issues, we should know that people are being radicalized based upon that. Doesn't mean that it changes our behavior one way or the other, but there should be an awareness. It's a public safety issue to know why maniacs like this do what they do. Okay, that's one part of it. Speaking of psycho psychopathic mass shooter maniacs, unfortunately, we have another one 
that we have more information on. Yeah. And I, you know, it's obviously not, not very far off just next door in, in Kentucky. Uh, but this, I think, is also based on the profile we expect, Clay, from mass shooters of, of, you know, different, uh, that fall into these different categories. This was, uh, to a lot of people, a surprise. This guy was 25 years old. He live streamed the shooter in Louisville, which just obviously happened, uh, what, yesterday morning. Uh, live streamed the shooting on Insta, on Instagram. Wow. Um, and left a note to his parents telling them he was going to do this because he had been, Fired. So this is at some level the workplace massacre uh, component. There may be more to it, but he's a very left-wing guy who hated Trump, and I think it's interesting, posted a lot about that. I'm not saying that's why he did this, but I do note that there's no discussion of this individual's politics whatsoever, and we know that wouldn't be the case if he were a MAGA hat-wearing Trump supporter. These are the narrative issues that the media um, these are, you know, the narrative manipulations that the media engages in. Yeah, this white guy was, and I think, again, we're not going to name him, the Louisville shooter, but I want to give you some of the details of his background. Uh, he was a graduate of the University of Alabama. He was aggressively anti-Trump, hated Donald Trump. In fact, for those of you out there who remember this football game, and I was there, he was furious that Alabama fans cheered Donald Trump at the LSU-Alabama game in 2019. I was at that game uh, with my uh, my Bama fan son, unfortunately, because I'm a Tennessee fan, but um, but I was at that game. It was an amazing. It was Joe Burrow against, uh, against Tua Tagovailoa. For those of you out there who are big sports fans, it was iconic, one of the most watched college football games of the year. Trump traveled, and when they put him on the Jumbotron, Bryant-Denny Stadium went crazy. This guy was super upset as an Alabama grad that Alabama fans were cheering Trump. He was also a huge BLM supporter. Uh, He was uh, a guy who had his pronouns in all of his professional professional resumes and professional uh, LinkedIn profiles and all these other places. He was a far left-wing loon. Now, clearly... He was crazy. Something was off in him, as something is often off in all mass shooters, because this is not a normal thing to do. But if you're wondering, wow, that Louisville shooter, that story really kind of vanished in a hurry. We're not hearing very much about him. It's because he was a left-wing lunatic, and it doesn't fit the narrative for him to be a guy who hated Donald Trump and who was a huge BLM supporter and was a huge pronoun in the bio guy. Side note, if you own a company and you hire anyone who puts their pronouns in their bios, I think you are an imbecile, by the way. I would never, I I ran a company for a long time. It's rare that I would look at something on a resume and say, this guy or this girl is out the window. You got your pronouns in it. That is it for me. That would be, I don't want to bring in these crazy people into my company, but this uh, this guy, if you're wondering, man, a white guy shot up a, a bank in uh, in Louisville. This is like typically the wheelhouse for Democrats. Why have they kind of vanished? And what happened with this story? There's your answer. It doesn't fit their prevailing narrative. I, I remember hearing about um, you know workplace shootings. Of, I think it was particularly in the late 90s. And people would, there was this term that was being used because of, there were some postal workers, I believe, right? Who You're went right. in and, and shot up, uh, their coworkers effect, essentially, um, of going postal. Yeah. So workplace violence of that kind is, you know, it's, it's as horrific as it is. It is not a new phenomenon. Um, but it is interesting to see that the politics of this individual, um, are not under discussion in, in the media at all as to, perhaps exacerbating his psychological condition. I mean, I think that and this is an argument that I made. I have made during both of the BLM eras when the most powerful media institutions in the country are telling people that there's effectively a uh, that not only is law enforcement racist, but there is a racist genocide of unarmed uh, black men occurring in the country year in and year out. That has a very damaging effect on the psychology of people who aren't able to figure out that it is a huge lie Yes. And also are already somewhat mentally unstable. And I will just say this. You find any incident where 
there's somebody who is in some way affiliated with, you know, ideologically they can tie into the, if they're anti-government in the most broad sense, they will go, the left will go and they will find statements of individual members of Congress or, you know, or the president if he's a Republican or whatever it may be and tie it to that person right away. Say your words led to this. This is what they do every time. But then when you look at the, Guy who shot up the baseball field, for example, under the Trump administration, shot Steve Scalise, almost killed Senator Rand Paul. He was a huge Bernie Sanders supporter who was yelling that he did it for health care because they were opposed to Obamacare. That was that mass murderer's motivation, which still I think some people, and we know that because Rand Paul heard him screaming, this is for health care, as he's shooting at everybody, okay? No discussion of, hey, maybe members of the Senate who are Democrats shouldn't pretend that Republicans want poor people to die of cancer without any assistance or any health care because they're so greedy, you know. So it's just, I'll note, you can tell me that we shouldn't do this, period, but every time it happens, I do believe it's worth noting that the left always ties it to their political enemies when they can, and when it's somebody who is of the left, they bury it as fast as they possibly can as a story. It just disappears and we're not supposed to focus on any of the rhetoric. The, have you heard anyone talk in the last couple of weeks about the political temperature in this country? That's <laughs> no, the phrase they not. use. Yeah. You know, the political temperature is just so high right now when it's oh, a I mean, right-wing person that does something. If you know, this guy outrageous. had been a huge Trump supporter, it would have been a MAGA shooter. It would be the headlines everywhere. It would last for weeks. Uh, Merrick Garland would be on the ground right now in Louisville talking about how we need an investigation into domestic terrorism and how white men, Donald Trump supporters, are the biggest threat to democracy in this country. And otherwise, can, it, this happens, vanishes. Can we put on? Can we put on an ask here? I'm curious. I mean, I, Steve Ducey will probably be able to get this one. Uh, I'm sorry, Peter. Peter Ducey. Steve is the dad. Yeah, Peter is right. Uh, sorry, Peter's I know they're yeah, both yeah. great. I just get yeah. yeah. Um, Ducey of the White House. Perhaps yes. he could get this question. I, I want someone to ask the Biden, and I really mean this, ask the Biden administration, why did the vice president have time to go stand with two individuals who broke the rules of their organization, their body, and were punished rightly under the rules in Tennessee? Time to go stand with them in solidarity. No time for the families of the uh, mass murdered individuals, and including ch- murdered children in Nashville, though. I would like the White House to be asked that question. It's a fabulous question. Small businesses don't get nearly the number of breaks you need to get ahead. It's rare they come along, and when they do, you got to grab them if you can. Here's one from the IRS, the tax refund program, called the Employee Retention Credit. That's the ERC. Billions of dollars are available, but only for a limited amount of time. Here's how you get hooked up. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started. In less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. They may be able to help your business too. No upfront charges. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many business owners believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated info. That's not always the case. Don't let this opportunity pass you by because this payroll tax refund only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833 833- 
995-G-O-L-D. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through the uh as we roll through the what is it what is it it's the tuesday edition of the program right i'm uh, flying down to south florida we'll be with buck thursday friday in miami it's gonna be fun uh can't wait for that all right there's a scene in season four of succession episode two aired a couple of weeks ago uh where the main character the dad the media baron is addressing his children and I feel like we need to get this uh, clip and just keep it on constant refrain because I heard it and I was like, this is so amazing. And the main character, the media baron, who is a Rupert Murdoch-like figure, says to his children, I love you, but you are not serious people. <laughs> and I thought it was such a perfect line. And I know there are a lot of parents and grandparents out there that are like, oh my goodness, they just distilled my entire life. I love you, but you are not serious people. And I feel like many left-wing arguments, when it really boils down, they're all cosmetic theater. Uh, They don't really have substance behind them because at their essence, they're rooted in emotion, and emotion is, frankly, the enemy of logic. And so, I love you, but you are not serious people is such an amazing line, and it was in Season 4, Succession, Episode 2. I thought about that. There's been a big controversy, right? We still don't have, let's start here, we still don't have the Trans Shooters Manifesto in Nashville. It has now been 15 days. And the left wing has been adroit, they've been skilled, they've been incredibly well trained, and they have turned, in Nashville, my hometown, they have managed to turn this crazy trans shooter into a Demo- uh, Republicans or racist argument. That's what they've pivoted from. We still don't have the trans shooter manifesto. Kamala Harris can travel to Nashville, won't meet with the victims of the shooting because they don't want to reinforce that this was a crazy trans shooter. Instead, Kamala Harris comes here and they try to say, oh, all Tennessee Republicans are racist, right? That's the argument. Now, to be fair... Tennessee Republicans did screw this thing up when they didn't vote the crazy white chick out, too. They just voted the two black guys out, and the crazy white chick survived by one vote. Can we just also add to that that she begged them not to expel her, and then the moment she got her wish, she turned around and said, you who failed to expel me did so because you are racist. Just see, that is in microcosm what it is to deal with a lib politician in America today. Please, please, I beg you, I want to keep my job. Fine, you weren't quite as egregious as the others. You're letting me keep my job out of racism, sir. That is what they did. And if you fell for it, you're an imbecile, frankly. Uh, If you were one, look, if you wanted to say, hey, on principle, I don't think we should be voting anybody out in the Tennessee legislature. I don't think this makes sense. I'm going to vote against all three. Okay, I can see that argument. 
because you kind of turned them into martyrs. You can see that argument. But if you tried to split the baby and you're like, I'm going to toss the two black dudes out, but I'm going to keep the white chick who begged for forgiveness and then immediately went outside, had those crocodile tears, and then as soon as she survived and wasn't kicked to the curb, she immediately said, oh, it's racism. That's why I didn't get kicked to the curb. You got played. You played yourself. And speaking of playing yourself, this is one of the two expelled members of the Tennessee Democrat Party. I believe we have this audio all queued up and ready to go, right? So he went to Bowdoin, which is a super elite what does Bowdoin cost? Probably $75,000 a year, Buck. I mean, probably tuition, something like that. Yeah. It I mean, is it's one in the, the same richest... conference as my school, Amherst. Not as yes. good as Amherst, but it's pretty good. So in Maine, it is the one of the richest, whitest schools historically on the East Coast. This guy went to that school, all right? And he didn't just go to that school. He ran for student body president. And guys, I'm going to ask you to stop it if we can Right at the end of his, this is the same guy that was expelled that now is trying to pretend like he's Malcolm X or Martin Luther King Jr. Here he is in 2016 running for student body president of this elite, super white, liberal, rich kid school uh, in Maine. Listen. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I wanted to do this by partnering with organizations from the Boone Democrats to the Boone Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Okay, pause. Great job there, guys. That is his campaign message. Bowden, Bowden, however you pronounce it. Bowden. Bowden, all right. Bowden. He wanted to be the student body president. You need to watch the video. Uh, That is 2016. Here is this past weekend in a Nashville church. He now has a monster afro. Same dude. Listen. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But, oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But, oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. All right. Now, can we just, I, I want to put them now back to back. Now, you heard them separated. This is the same dude, again, separated by seven years, running for student body president at his super white school in Maine that costs $75,000 a year, talking about how he wants to bring everybody together. And then it's suddenly like record scratch, 1965, and he's Martin Luther King Jr. Listen to the whole thing. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I wanted to do this by partnering with organizations from the Boone Democrats to the Boone Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. This reminds me, Buck, of you remember the movie Eight Mile when uh, Eminem's going up against the uh, the other elite rapper, and Eminem just takes all. I mean, he's a poor white kid, literally Eight Mile, and he points out that Clarence, if I remember correctly, was his name, went to Cranbrook, which is the most exclusive and expensive private school in the Detroit area for anybody listening to us who grew up in the Detroit area. And he just says Clarence went to Cranbrook and everybody just loses it because the guy is a total poser, right? He's, and I wish we could curse sometimes, he's full of crap. He is pretending to be, but like a cosplay, a really bad actor that is trying to pretend like right. it's 1960s in Tennessee. I mean, I I get nervous if I say y- y'all that people are going to think that I'm appropriating, you know. But it is I such a it. good 
My wife was super nervous because she's from Michigan. She's been in Tennessee for 20 years, and I remember having a conversation with her. When can I use the word y'all and not sound like I'm a faker, right? Like not sound like I'm a a pretender. Everybody, y'all is the is the best way to say what you're trying to say. Period. It's better than it's the you most guys. Efficient. It's better than you yes. all. Yes, you guys is a very is a very. I think it's definitely northeastern, Midwest, mid Atlantic, and Midwest. You guys, yeah, yeah, you guys. Um, you know, but we say you guys in New York. Y'all makes a lot a lot more sense. Or or if you're really a New Yorker, you know, Manhattan, you might say all of you. But all of you is quite a mouthful. So. Look, I think we've got another great clip here, too, Buck, because I always love seeing this, too. And I bet a lot of you are also having this uh, reflection. Here is Hillary Clinton, who suddenly, like, this is one of the all-time great, like, I'm going to totally sound different depending on what audience I'm talking to. 2007, here's Hillary Clinton from the Chicago area pretending that she's Southern. Listen. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far. From where I started from, nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. I think we may have just violated the Geneva Convention by playing that on the air because I think we actually used to use tapes of Hillary to, uh, you know, to torture prisoners to get information back in the day. That was brutal. This Ah! is what. Southerners know well really bad Southern accents because you're trying to pretend that you talk like us, right? I'm born and raised in Nashville. I've been around. Movies are filled with people with bad Southern accents. We'll talk about it, you know, as Southerners, like you watch them. There's two things that always happen. One, there's a lot of really bad Southern accents. Two, every time there's a movie set in the South, everybody's sweating. It's it's really if you go back and watch like a time to kill, it's as if air conditioning doesn't exist in Mississippi. Like I've every also time never they're actually talking, they're I've, covered. In I've sweat. never seen someone chewing on the long like almost looks like a piece of wheat or something. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, straw. Yeah, yeah. They do this in movies all the time. I've never actually seen this anywhere. You know who was really good at that, by the way, Fred Thompson. Uh, uh, rest in peace. Was former Tennessee senator, also an actor, but. Other politicians used to complain because his whole campaign was, I'm just going to get in a red pickup truck and drive around the state. And he was a a legitimate elite actor. But all of his commercials, he was phenomenal. Like, I can't act. People are like, oh, you know, if you watch, we used to do skits for the sports gambling TV show that I would do. If you give me lines to recite, I am the worst actor on the planet. Like, they would all make fun of me. Because we'd have a script and I'd have to memorize lines and I couldn't do it. If you just tell me extemporaneously, hey, just go act normal, I can do it. I'm fine on TV. But if you tell me you have to deliver this, I can't do it at all. A lot of these dudes are actors, right? I mean, that's embarrassing. If you're represented by that guy, I mean, that is pretty pathetic. And if Saturday Night Live was actually funny or made fun of left-wingers, this would be a goldmine. I mean, look, there are a lot of... A lot of people on the uh, on the Democrat side have gotten away with very obvious pandering and and acts of uh, you could call it you know personal fraudulence, right? I mean, pretending to be something that they're yes. not. We all remember, you know, John John Kerry famously all of a sudden is I I love um, shooting at the ducks that go quack quack, <laughs> and I'm you know I we had the butler gave me this wonderful shotgun to use. I borrowed it from him. I mean, he was. The least man of the people, man of the people you could ever see. And I think one of the things, uh, honestly, not to make this a Trump conversation, one of the things about Trump that people found so appealing is he's like, yeah, I'm a billionaire and I like cheeseburgers and that's really, you know, or, you know, McDonald's cheeseburgers and that's really who I am. Um, and, and I do think that increasingly authenticity is an asset for people. The most important trait. But I think it's the most important trait. But there are a lot of frauds. There are a lot of frauds who get very, very far in politics to this day. Um, and you know, I mean, even, uh, I mean, Tucker's done a lot of, of talk on, on his show about, uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was, was Sandy Cortez and then realized and, you know, went to BU, which was at one point the most expensive school in America. Most up there with GW where I went. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right up there with GW. Um, and then all of a sudden we're being told that she's from the Bronx and she had this hard. 
No, I mean, she, you know, grew up in a household with working professionals who sent her to a $70,000 a year university in, I think it was Riverdale, which is actually a, a, not just Oak, it's a fancy part of New York, but it is in the Bronx. So there's this interesting, I think Tucker says she's from Westchester. Anyway, um, but you see a lot of that. A lot of people changing around uh, their identity in a way that is more suitable politically for them because it makes them seem like they're of the it's a false populism is really what you're it makes them so much, oh, I'm just like you that so Hillary vote for Clinton me. clip is one of the funniest things that I've heard I mean that that uh, look this little Tennessee rep whatever his name is I don't even know his name that's funny but Hillary Clinton was legitimately convinced that she was going to be the first woman president of the United States and that is the most insulting <laughs> Like, first of all, it's a bad Southern accent. She has a bad Southern accent, and then she tries to speak in, like, Southern black vernacular, which is even more awkward and ridiculous. I would just have run. I mean, I feel like if you just ran that that clip anywhere in the South, like, she would not win a single Southern state because it's you can't look any more inauthentic. And that dude, I mean, it's just it's it's pathetic. And it also raises the question, why, and this is a good one for all of you out there, why do so many Democrats want to pretend it's still 1954 or 1965? Like, they why wanna... are they, 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 they want the mantle of the civil rights movement when yeah. you've got all the rights you could possibly need? Because their mindset is that they don't have to engage with the other side or deal with even facts or reality because they stand in a position of moral righteousness from the start that is both unassailable and unquestionable. And so that's why they love the 1960s uh, civil rights positioning in 2023 because it's how dare you we're the ones that are saving the country and we sit around saying i don't know pretty sure transgender surgery for 10 year olds is not actually saving anything and it's pretty horrible um and, and i don't think stop. mlk would have been like hey you know what i really hope that one day we can live in an america where 14 year olds chop their boobs off i don't think that would have been the next step of the mlk progression just throwing it out there I want to tell you something else friends inflation and prices are rising and now there's a banking crisis to worry about with the current stock market volatility, how are your retirement accounts doing? The Phoenix Capital Group says the time to diversify your investments is right now. They recommend high-value U.S. oil and gas investments with current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middleman. They're both Regulation A-plus and Regulation D corporate bond offerings with different maturities, qualifications, and rates. There's also a 9% APY starting at a $5,000 investment open to all investors. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. That's phxonair.com. Learn and laugh. Weekdays with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are joined now by former University of Kentucky women's swimmer Riley Gaines. She swam against Leah Thomas, a.k.a. Will Thomas, the man from the University of Pennsylvania who decided to become a woman and compete in women's athletics. She was just speaking out at San Francisco State University where a mob of hecklers attacked her and physically assaulted her and kept her locked up in a room. She is brave. She is fearless. She is fighting for women's sports. And she also, I believe, is like me from the Nashville area. Riley, appreciate the time. How are you? Of course. I'm doing good, and I am from the Nashville area, not too far from you. Yeah, for sure. All right. So for people out there who have not seen the viral video and have not experienced what happened to you, Take us into that speech at San Francisco State University, the reaction to it, your experience, and what has happened since. Absolutely. So I was invited to San Francisco State to give a speech on protecting women's sports, which is what I've been doing this past year, um, highlighting what it takes to get to that top level. Um, of course, what my experience in competing against Leah Thomas looked like, not just for myself, but for my teammates, for the other girls at that meet, what the locker room piece looked like. Um, the silencing and the suppressing of our voices that our coaches and our administrators um, participated in after the fact. Um, and I just explained why why putting Title IX at risk is harmful to women and why it deserves to be protected. Um, I gave so, the speech. There was many protests. No, no, go ahead. Go around. ahead. Sorry, I was going to ask. Go ahead. 
no, sorry. I was just going to say I gave the speech. There were many protesters in the room, um, and it went relatively peaceful until afterwards. That's when a mob stormed in. They turned the lights. They flickered the lights. They stormed. They rushed me. They pushed me to the podium. Um, there was lots of pushing and shoving and hitting, and then I a cop came up, which I was supposed to meet with the campus police an hour and a half before the event, and they never showed up, and so I wasn't even aware there was a cop in the room. Um, but she eventually escorted me out of the room to which in the hallway was just filled with more people. And we ultimately got pushed into another classroom in the hallway where we were barricaded for three hours. Riley, um, so you were, just so everyone's very clear on this, you were physically assaulted. You were hit. Someone someone attacked you. Is that correct? Correct. And was it a, was it a transgender uh, individual or just one of the activists or uh, you know was it basically were you assaulted by a man to my knowledge yes again the lights were flickering but i believe this was a man um dressed as a woman so you were attacked but you to your belief to your knowledge you certainly were attacked we were attacked by what you believe is a man dressed as a woman i'm very curious and first of all this is this is just horrifying you know the whole incident we saw it on video so i think that at least people have some awareness of what a a shrieking bunch of, of lunatics, the protesters, you know, quote, protest. It was really a small riot was what you faced. What were the police saying to you during this? And why didn't the police pull out pepper spray? I mean, that's that's a standard for a crowd control situation like that. I mean, people that are gathering around you, assaulting you, these sorts of things, pepper spray would seem to be right within law enforcement escalation of tactics. Absolutely. <laughs> you would think that that would be necessary but these police to be totally honest uh, granted they were campus police but they were terrified to do their job um to which they pretty openly admitted they didn't want to be accused of being racist um a lot of the the protesters when we were barricaded in the room of course i could hear them behind the door screaming you're just protecting that white girl because she's white these police were put in a position where they didn't want to risk their job they didn't want to be seen as anything other than an ally to that community. And so it did hinder their performance. Um, I missed my flight home. I was supposed to fly home that evening, but because the police couldn't safely evacuate me from the building, I missed my flight. Um, these protesters, they were demanding money from me if I wanted to make it home safely, and the police did nothing. Um, they were negotiating with the, the dean of students <laughs> about my safe passage home, and I couldn't believe they were negotiating this. Like, this is something we were genuinely having a discussion about. Wait, wait, um, when you say negotiating, like, what, what did that, what do you mean? Like, take us into that specific, what did that sound like? <laughs> From my side of the door, I could hear them talking, you know, they were saying, well, Riley got paid to be here, so why shouldn't we get paid if we want to let her leave? First of all, the university did not pay me to be there. <laughs> that is not true at all by any means. Yet they felt as if they were entitled to reparations just from a conservative speaker being on campus. I mean, this is and kidnapping, by the way, just to be clear. clear ahead, Clay. You were there three hours. They kept you inside of a barricaded classroom for three hours? Yes. The whole three hours yelling, violent, obscene, terrible, awful things to both myself and the officers. Um, they were screaming, if you didn't want the smoke, you shouldn't have come to this university um trans rights are under attack what do we do we fight back i mean it's kind of chilling to think about what they would have done to me had someone not been able to step in because there was no way i could have safely removed myself from the situation i was totally stormed and surrounded and so it does kind of put you in fear for your life in the moment a little bit um you have no idea how unhinged these people really can be until you see it with your own eyes and they're coming at you i just want to be clear what they found so unacceptable was that you said men should compete against men in sports and women should compete against women in sports and basically that biology is real and there are two genders. The people on that campus found that to be totally unacceptable for you to share and maybe for people out there who might not have experienced your story, this comes out of your experience in swimming against a man and as you said, so few women athletes, including now Megan Rapino and Sue Bird, are even willing to stand up and say women should compete against women and men should compete against men. Yeah, I mean, a trans man stole the national championship from Riley in her event, effectively, right? That's what happened at the NCAA Finals. We're speaking to Riley Gaines, for anyone who's joining us in progress here, um, about what happened at uh, 
San Francisco State University um, last week. Riley, to your not, what was the response after all this happened? So now we know what the incident was like. After all this happens, did a university take any disciplinary action against any students? Has anyone been expelled? <laughs> no. The university doubled down by saying they were proud of their brave students. Literally, word for word, they said um, it can be very hard to have someone who so egregious come to campus and speak, and it takes tremendous bravery to stand in this challenging space. And we're so proud of the moments where we listened and we asked insightful questions, and we're, we're proud of the, the students who demonstrated the value of free, free speech and the value to protest peacefully. We must Riley. have a different definition of peaceful because what I experienced was by no means peaceful. Why do you think so many women athletes are afraid to say what you are saying? And I want to go back again specifically because you tweeted about them earlier. Megan Rapino and Sue Bird. Megan Rapino is an elite women's soccer player. Sue Bird, an elite basketball player, women's basketball player. They're both saying, oh, we're opposed to the idea of preventing trans athletes, that is men identifying as women, from competing in their sport. That's almost basically endorsing the erasure of women's athletes from women's athletics. What are they thinking in your mind? Why are they saying that? And why are you out there in many ways on an island making the arguments that you are? Well, to be totally frank, people are scared because look at what just happened to me. For saying something as simple as men and women are different, <laughs> that easy, right? That common sense, yet I was still ambushed. Um, no one wants that to happen to them. No one wants to be labeled as transphobic. Of course, people would rather, like Megan Rapino and like Sue Bird and like Billie Jean King, who were trailblazers for women's sports. So, of course, it's ironic, but they want to be seen as inclusive and kind and accepting and welcoming and loving and all of the things, which, of course, who doesn't want to be seen as those things? But newsflash, it's not inclusive to allow men to take a podium spot from a woman. It's exclusive, and it's not kind to allow a male equipped with male genitalia to change in a locker room with girls. That's not kind. That's not inclusive. Um, and like I mentioned, the double standard here, these are women who fought relentlessly. Um, Megan Rapino, in particular, she fought for equal pay and equal access and equal resources for women. But now I'm realizing it was a sense of faux feminism because when you're fighting to have um, – really for Title IX to be taken down so men can compete on women's teams, it, it's hypocrisy. Riley, I just want to ask you before uh, before we, we finish up, are you – oh, well, Clay also has a follow-up, but um, do, do you plan on taking legal action against the against the, uh, the university, against any of the individuals? I mean, they, they very clearly – I'm not a lawyer, Clay is. They very clearly broke the law, though. We all know that. Absolutely. Um, I definitely intend to, if nothing else, to send a message because when is enough enough? Um, we've gotten to the point where there are no repercussions. There are no consequences for acting out in this manner. But I, I've had enough. It has reached enough for me. Um, and so I will be pursuing um, some sort of legal action to hold someone accountable, whether that's the university, the campus police, the individuals themselves. Um, there needs to be a message sent. Last question for you, and thank you for speaking out. You can follow Riley on Twitter. We'll be sharing this interview so you guys can uh, can find that as well. Dylan Mulvaney is a man pretending to be a woman. Nike gave him a sports bra uh, endorsement deal and a women's leggings endorsement deal. I'm just curious. Has anyone, and they said he's brave for living his life. Has anyone at Nike reached out to you and asked you if you would like a women's apparel deal? <laughs> oh goodness, no. <laughs> and I don't anticipate that, but I don't I don't know if they can understand the mockery of what this makes of, of women, especially the video of Dylan, I guess, portraying what he thinks women look like when we work out doing jumping jacks and doing different things. That is so incredibly degrading and for Nike to take this stance. Um, they can forget getting my money and I, I've talked to a lot of female athletes who agree with exactly everything I just said. Riley Gaines, fighting the fight. We appreciate you. We appreciate your bravery. We're sorry about what happened to you. A lot of the guys in particular, and I'm sure a lot of ladies in this audience, wish we had been there to be able to help you out under the circumstances. But please keep speaking out and come back on the show whenever you want. 
Awesome. Sounds fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for being with us. My friends, with Biden being the most pro-abortion president in history and quite the firestorm going on in the courts over what's referred to as the abortion pill, how do we protect the unborn lives of babies? One way really can help. Support the work being done at Preborn's network of clinics nationwide. They welcome pregnant moms contemplating life or an abortion for their unborn child. They offer unconditional support and compassion and free ultrasounds. That ultrasound is a game changer. Most of the time, a mom will choose life after meeting her unborn child. Preborn has saved over 200,000 precious babies, and every day, Preborn rescues 200 babies' lives. But Preborn receives no government funding. Their work is completely dependent on us, the pro-life community. Please join us in this effort with a donation. One ultrasound is just $28. Your donation of any size, whether big or small, will make a difference. Someday you might meet a baby you've rescued, and when you become a monthly sponsor, you will receive stories and pictures of babies that you help to save. To donate, just dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say the word baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Want more Clay and Buck that you didn't hear on the show? Get podcast extras in the Clay and Buck podcast feed. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage all of you out there to go subscribe to the podcast. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. We had a fabulous conversation with... The very brave Riley Gaines, former University of Kentucky swimmer, um, who was attacked at San Francisco State University for having the audacity to say that men should compete against men and women should compete against women. They kept her hostage for three hours in a classroom because they were so afraid of what would happen after she was assaulted. And so I would encourage all of you to go listen to that. But we're coming up on, for some of you, spring break season still going on. Some of you are going to be graduating from college, or your kids are, and you're going to be on the road for 
the course of the spring and into the summer. Just make sure you got the show wherever you may find yourself. Search out my name, Clay Travis. Search out Buck Sexton. Lots of podcast exclusives and uniques. You can go subscribe, and you'll be glad that you did. A um, couple of different things that are out there. First of all, I'm presuming that a lot of people are sharing their pets. I want to apologize to all the lizard owners out there for mispronouncing Gila Monster, um, which, by the way, not a very uh, positive, I would imagine, name for an animal. Uh, the, the monster typically not seen as a very positive I will say this. We have two cats. They are the bane of my existence. Um, they are destroying everything in the house. But the boys seem very happy with them. Buck, have you made any further progress towards adding a dog to your family? The discussion is ongoing. We've talked about the, Can the you fundamental... have animals in your place? We, we, we got, I got nothing. We got nothing here, right? But I mean, now. can you have? Are you allowed? Like some places don't allow. Is this part of the conversation? Uh, I mean, you know, I think technically no, but you know, come on, what are they gonna do? Um, so no, I don't think we are in, in my current in my current uh, home allowed to have a a pet because it's a, a condo and there are condo yeah. rules. I, I you could do it. You just have to get it approved, and you you know, people have dogs here, obviously, but you can't just like show up with one. I think you have to get get approval for it. Um, it's interesting also, you know, there are breed restrictions in a lot of buildings and people get into this thing of, oh, my, well, mine's a mix, they say, because you can't, a lot of buildings won't allow, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions. I'm going to get inundated, particularly by the pit bull people out there, but a lot of buildings, apartment buildings won't allow pit bulls, rottweilers, mastiffs, and then some of the more exotic large fighting dogs like, uh, Preza Canario, um, I'm trying to think of a Do- Dogo Argentino, which if you've ever seen these dogs, by the way, they look like pit bulls on steroids. I mean, they're, they're massive. So they won't allow you with those sorts of dogs. But what I've talked to Carrie about, I said, look, maybe we think this is why I asked for Clay and Buck VIPs and also on Twitter and Facebook to just send us your different pets because it's National Pet Day, everybody. You can tag t- us at Clay and Buck. The staff will see them on social yeah. if you want to do that. And, and, and I say, you know, we could just go outside the box a little bit here because as i pointed out florida is very uh very favorable to allowing you to have exotic pets the exotic pet trade here is flourishing so uh you can get uh pet fox pet raccoon i mean probably i could just get a pet coyote and say it was a mix now is this advisable probably not um but also a, sh- a sugar glider right do you even know what a sugar glider the like this little or are you on I mean, I'm many, many stories up in the so air. So you're going to, the reason why I'm asking is you're going to take a coyote into an elevator, <laughs> into an elevator for like 20 floors. I tell everybody it is a designer. It's, you know, a design. It's like a coyote mixed with a poodle and nobody will know the difference. I mean, I think if you have a yard, there are potentially aggressive moves you could make in terms of what animals you want to have. Um, but for you to like walk into a Miami condo with a coyote, I th- I don't know what the voting process is to remove you from being able to stay in your building, but I think that that you would be on the fast track towards that. I think that would be an issue. I'm looking here at the list. I could have a pet marmoset, which is very exciting. I don't Foxes. Know what that is. What's it's, a marmoset? It's, it's like a little like a little looks like a small monkey, a small small oh. primate. Um. Yeah, marmoset, uh, foxes you can have, uh, pet skunk, Pepe Le Pew. I'm May sure that that has been, uh, you know, they take away the, the, the odorific aspects of the skunk. The, the, the problem with the pet skunk, and we probably, if you have a pet skunk in the audience, please weigh in, you know, you know, email us or tweet at us or something. I feel like, you know how you have to discipline pets a little bit, meaning you gotta be like, no, 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 you know, you gotta learn to use the litter box or whatever. That skunk's got you, man. Like, you start to talk a little smack to the skunk, and you get hit with that, the gland that shoots out the stuff and the this smelly. This like my thing. If you're trying too hard with your pet, I can't trust you. Uh, just like, I, I am very anti-snake. I've said this on the show before. If you have a pet snake, and I'm sure a lot of you listening right now do, I don't really trust you. Because I feel like in some way you're deviant. I'm just saying, if you're a snake guy, certainly if you're a snake girl, I feel like you're a little bit of a deviant. You're hiding yeah. something. I, I would, I would though. I'd say turtles. I'm cool with turtles. Like people like having turtles. pet turtles. That's not trying. Turtles too are hard. cool. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, no one ever has to call the cops because they're being strangled Cats, by their pet dogs, turtles. No issue. Yeah. 
Alligators, caimans, trying too hard. Just, uh, just be normal, right? Just you know, you normal. can't even have. I mean, there are there are litter, there are are wild roaming chickens in my neighborhood that, that people keep here in Florida. You you can't even have any of these. In New York City, you're not even allowed to have a hedgehog. So you want to talk about tyranny? Forget about all that COVID stuff. A hedgehog ban? It's just Didn't not America. That one guy in like New York City have a tiger in his con in his uh, well, apartment. That was very illegal, though. <laughs> very illegal. Yes. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. Don't put tigers in your apartment. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.